Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start real conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Abigail. And this is Jason. And this week, we're going to be talking about some of the lesser known spiritual practices. Wait, where's the fun thing? What do you mean, where's the fun thing? We usually start each episode with some kind of fun thing, like a game or a competition. Well, it's a little different this week because Lara's here. Did Lara bring a game? She, I mean, it's not exactly a game. But she is going to help us think about this big question we have this week. So, Laura, go ahead. Hey, so uh, what is this week's big question? The question is, what are some lesser-known spiritual practices, and what does it look like to try them for myself? Because you know some things about lesser-known spiritual practices. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. So I took a class a few years ago, and this class was all about spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices. And so each week, we would try a new spiritual practice. And it was a really great experience. I learned a lot, and it was just really interesting to see how different spiritual practices could fit into my life and what I could learn from them. And so I thought it would be fun if I brought a bit of that experience to the You've Heard It Said podcast. So there is a competition. There's just, we're (laughs) going to call it the Spiritual Practices Challenge. Okay. So what is the Spiritual Practices Challenge? It's pretty simple. I will assign each of you a spiritual practice and you will have two weeks to record yourself trying it. And once you're done, we'll gather back here to discuss your experiences. And because I think the more participants, the better, I've invited one more person to join us. So Eric is here. Hey guys, Eric. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Could you tell us who you are? My name is Eric. I work on the Uversion team. I'm really excited about the challenge. Cool. All right. So I have your challenges written on cards in envelopes. Is there like a scorekeeping method? Only in my head. Who's the winner? (laughs) Okay. Do I just, do I say what I got? You do. Well, this is Jason. I got caring for the earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, Eric, I got fasting. And I got slowing and I'm not sure that I know what that is. (laughs) That's fair. It is not the opposite of fasting. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh Uh-huh. So slowing means combating that cultural expectation that we always be on the move and we always be busy. And so we are taking time to look for ways that we can slow down and make more time for God and faith in our lives. That makes sense? Yes, it does. All right. Impressions about your assignments? I'm pretty excited. I've done some fasting before, so... I think this will just be a different lens to come at the practice and maybe observe it in a different way than I have before. So I'm pretty excited about this. I'm glad I got something small. Something small. It's just the earth. It's not a big thing. (laughs) I feel like in two weeks, this should totally be doable. You'll have successfully cared for the entire earth. Great. So I take it that then I get to figure out how I will go about doing this. You are correct. Okay. I don't know. I'm nervous about mine. When you said that it means that I have to stop being busy, that felt very alarming to me. Mm. (laughs) But I'm excited to see what it looks like. Good. All right. So your two weeks starts now. Okay. 
Hey, this is Jason, and I was assigned care for the earth, specifically to do something that I am not already doing. And there's actually quite a few things for the earth <laughs> that I'm not already doing, it turns out. But I was thinking about how, you know, people will like keep track of their calories or keep track of their exercise or their steps and how when you start paying attention to it or keeping track of it, even if you're not trying to change your behavior, often you will. And so I thought maybe my spiritual practice could be starting a single-use plastics journal. So basically anytime I use a Ziploc bag or a little wrapper of something or some type of plastic cup, then I would enter it into a journal and maybe I would notice some things from that. So I have been assigned the practice of slowing and I am a little bit nervous about how it's going to go because I am a busy person. And so as I was thinking about the way that I wanted to slow down and be more intentional with my time and my energy, one of the most obvious and also challenging ways that I have decided to practice slowing is by intentionally driving slower. I am definitely the person who goes five over and thinks that's the speed limit, or I joke that the speed limit is whatever helps you keep up with the flow of the traffic around you. And so over the next week or so, I am going to be practicing this idea of slowing by driving slower, and we'll see how it goes. All right. So for the fast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fast for 12 hours, three times during this window. I'm going to only drink water, so no food, no coffee, no sweets, nothing like that. And I'll start in the morning and go until about 6 p.m. initially. Super processing. What am I going to get out of it? What's going to be the outcome of this? And going into the fast, I think I'm going to just let all of that go and open up the time for God and see where he wants to take it. My um, super planning brain wants to see where things are going to go and know where things are going to be. I'm just going to let that go for this practice and see what God does in it. And yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing. So I started this on Halloween, (laughs) which is funny because it turns out that I, so far on Halloween, had eight, I wrote down, individually wrapped candies that I got from my kids. Let's see, also I wrote down my lunch, uh, my sandwich, came in this kind of paper, but also plastic bag. I did choose not to use a disposable coffee cup, so that was good, I used a mug. I ended up using a single-use plastic cup that was sitting on my desk, and now I'm thinking like, if I use this more than once, does it count? But it's funny, as I start to write these things down, it's definitely already causing me to think, do I wanna eat one more piece of Halloween candy if I have to put it in this journal? Okay, so over the last few days, I have been driving slowly and I did not realize how fast paced I am when it comes to getting to my destinations. I have intentionally not been taking the highway. I've been driving city roads. And it's funny because as I slow down for cars or I wait for them to be able to make their turn or just whatever it is that may make me feel like I am falling behind, 
I feel like I'm becoming more aware of all of the cars that are in a hurry and they're busy and they're passing me and I feel like I'm inconveniencing them by slowing down but I'm realizing that if they wanted to go around me they can and they are and so I'm not really as much of an inconvenience as I originally thought I might be by going the speed limit and driving in the slow lane and yielding and slowing down for the cars in front of me. All right, so it's morning one of the first fast and I woke up hungry. So it's gonna be an interesting day. I think food is gonna be on the top of my brain or come up really quickly. And what I'm gonna try to do every time that I think about that is I'm just gonna maybe say the mantra of I'm creating space for God. God, would you come and fill this space? And um, we'll take it from there. But I am not looking forward to the hunger that I think is about to come. But also there is like this feeling of, ooh, I get a break the fast this evening too. So I'm going to try not to focus too much on that. I don't want to get caught in thinking about what's coming. I want to kind of try to stay in the moment. So we'll see how today goes. Here we go again. Four Halloween candy wrappers. <laughs> That's four less pieces of candy that my kids will have to eat. Uh, also a plastic Ziploc bag and some energy bar wrappers that I had eaten for lunch. Oh, here I made a note where I said, I'm desperately thirsty on my way to a meeting and I give in to get a plastic cup and it hurts. So that's something I've noticed is that now that I'm like paying attention to this, I think twice about, oh, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to throw this thing away and I feel so much more it doesn't actually feel like guilt or shame but I, I feel so much more weight for the items that I use and it feels like a lot to just throw it away like where is it going to end up like what happens to it I have an idea but I don't know exactly what happens to it so I think about that now a little bit more as I decide am I gonna grab a plastic cup just to get a drink on my way to a meeting and I often still do it anyways, but I'm seeing it less and less now that I'm having to write it down on my phone. I found another way to practice slowing, and that is by intentionally eating slower or at least being aware of the speed that I have been eating because that was another thing that I learned that I can use to practice slowing. And it's a little bit shocking to realize just how fast I usually eat a meal. And I don't know if it's because I'm in a hurry or I just wasn't aware of how fast, I know I wasn't aware of how fast I was eating, but I feel like the practice has really showed me just how quickly I am rushing through life. Throughout the day, I got really hungry. I think some of the emotions that I was feeling is a little bit disappointed. I don't think there was anything profound or crazy that happened during the day. Not that I was expecting, you know, anything wild, but I was hoping to be more aware or maybe just to see something new. But I was processing it on the drive home and just thinking that sometimes there are things that we do, disciplines that we do that we don't see immediate gain from. And when I think about fasting, I think that this is a time to push back against the basic desires of my flesh and go, I don't need this. And I think that muscle of being able to observe and push back against things that I think that I want is a healthy one to have, to be able to analyze those, maybe bring them before God. And so I'm hoping that's the muscle that's getting stretched here. 
All right, guys, welcome back. You survived the challenge, so congratulations. <laughs> to start <laughs> things off, if you had to sum up the last two weeks in a few words, how would you describe it? Mm-hmm. So very slow two weeks. <laughs> Candy wrappers. Okay, Ooh. cool. We'll unpack that in a little bit, I'm sure. Unwrap. <laughs> okay, okay. Don't get ahead of yourself. Um, frustrating might be too strong of a word, mm. but I don't know if I have a better word than that. So something less strong than frustrating. Okay. <laughs> what was it like preparing for the practice? How well did it fit into your life? Ooh, that one, like, so I did fasting and not eating was not conducive to my life. <laughs> there were lots of habits and stuff that I had to forsake. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to have low energy. And so I had to think about that going into the day. I had to say no to a couple things yeah. and reorganize my day in order to do it. Can you give us some more detail? Describe a day and the types of things that you had to get Yeah. Up. In the morning, what I would typically do is have a decent breakfast and then I'd go to the gym and I, would, I knew that would be something that would be really bad for my day. So those days I had to just give up the gym, give up breakfast, and knew that towards the end of the day, I would be pretty tired. So there was a lot of planning that went into even structuring my day Mm. around the practice. Yeah. So giving up things, what kind of effect do you think that had as you went through the day? Did it feel good? Like, yes, even though I know I'm giving this up, I know that I'm getting something out of it. I think that's where the word frustrating came in. Yeah. I knew that there is something to be gained from giving things up. And so I was excited to make space for that. And I think that's where the frustration came. I don't know if I saw it. And There's a part of me that's okay with that too. But yeah, I was definitely giving things up and going, that's uncomfortable. That's inconvenient for sure. And yeah, so it was nice to be forced to do it. Cool. Jason, Abigail. I don't feel like I actually had two weeks to do this. And I was out of town for a week and I came back and I had one week to figure out how I was going to slow down my life. And I don't know about anybody else, but coming back to work after being away from work is like the worst time to just try (laughs) slowing down. And so it made it extra challenging. The primary way that I tried slowing down was actually when I was driving because that was something that I could do by myself. It didn't impact as much some of the routines that we have at home. Mm -hmm. And so I focused on it by intentionally driving the speed limit. I have used cruise control now like three times in my car. Usually I would like, if a car was slowing down because they were going to turn, I would be the person like get in the other lane and go around them and then get back (laughs) in my lane, (laughs) which is embarrassing to say now, but that was the primary way that I practiced slowing down. It really made me aware of the people around me who were in a rush and in a hurry. It just made me more aware of those people too. Mine was care for the earth, which... I was like, oh my goodness, okay, this is big. And so I tried to think of like what would be a small thing that's already available to me in my life every day that I might not already be doing. And then I started thinking about all the things I'm not doing to care for the earth. (laughs) And the list was very long. I was like, what if I just kept track of how I use single-use plastics? Mm. Like I didn't set out to say I'm going to use less or I'm not going to use them. It's just I'm just going to write it down every time I use them. Hence the two words. Candy wrappers, yes, which yes. are not normally like such a significant <laughs> part of my life. But this challenge happened to start on October 31st. Hmm. My kids, I have five children, happened to bring home bags full of candy that night. And I might have a lot of them in my single-use plastics journal. So what was easy about the practice and what was difficult? I just had to not eat. Obviously changing my routine, but in a work day, that's... 
fairly easy. So yeah, just had to say no and not have food around me. Did you find that more people asked you out to lunch when you were fasting than? I don't know if that was a coincidence, but I should have looked at my, yeah, like there were, (laughs) that whole week was lunches and it was like, I, okay, I'll sit there and then get asked why I'm not eating. That has been my experience every time I fasted. (laughs) Cool. I mean, eating my kids candy was easy. (laughs) <laughs> Writing it down, knowing that I was going to have to tell other people about it, not easy. Now, there's some stuff that's already normal for me to maybe try to avoid, but then I realized there's so many ways that I use single-use plastic if I want to get a quick lunch. There's always plastic involved. If you had to estimate how many single-use plastics do you think you used over two weeks? Oh, okay. So first of all, I should say that I was just counting ones that I personally use. I'm looking at my list right now. Some days it might have only been two pieces of plastics and then some days were like 12. Mm -hmm. So I would guess we're somewhere in the range of 100 to 150 different pieces of single-use plastic. And that's actually, I don't actually use a lot compared to what what I see around me. I only used one plastic fork for two weeks, just to give you an idea. (laughs) Good job. <laughs> At that point, it was no longer a single-use plastic. You got 12 uses out of it. No, 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 no. I mean, I used it once and threw it away. <laughs> it was oh, I thought you, meant you, you like washed it off and no, then used no. it again. No, I just, what I'm trying to say is I don't actually use a ton of uh, single-use okay. plastic already. And I still use that much. I just saw you with like a fork next to the couch that you sit on in your office <laughs> that you washed off every day after lunch. Nope. And I liked it, but okay. Nope. So I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it was. I'm like, oh, this is something that I can control. Like I knew what practices Jason and Eric had and I was like slowing down. Like this is going to be so easy and it was not. And so I think I was more surprised by how challenging it was. Mm -hmm. And as Eric and Jason have been talking, I'm like, okay, what was easy about this? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the fact that I had cruise control so I didn't always have to pay attention to my speed limit. I don't know. I think it made me realize just how busy and always going I am. Even like yesterday at lunch, I was having lunch with a friend and I told him about this challenge. There's the idea of being intentional with your meal, finishing like the food in your mouth before you like add a little more. And I read that initially and I was like, who's like adding food to their mouth when you already have food in your mouth? Like that's disgusting. (laughs) And then I caught myself doing it so many times. (laughs) (laughs) But I was sitting there with him and we were talking and I was like, yeah, I'm trying this challenge. I'm trying to slow down. I was eating a salad. Salads, I have decided, are the easiest thing to try and eat slower because you just have to spend so much more time like stabbing it onto your fork to then eat it. And I realized that before he was in the room eating too, I was like scrolling on my phone and I was just keeping my mind busy because the thought of sitting there and just eating I felt like I needed to fill up the time. Like I was in back-to-back meetings all day yesterday. Like an hour of lunch should have been something that refueled me. And instead I was sitting there like trying to slow down and it stressed me out. (laughs) In what ways did the practice impact your experience of God? I think for me, I just felt his kindness and his patience for me Mm. so much more, especially when I was driving and I would like, I became more aware of the people that were rushing to get Mm -hmm. to wherever it was that they were going. And I remember it reminded me of an experience I had when I was in like driver's ed in high school. And my driving instructor had made this statement that has just really stuck with me. And it was, when someone cuts you off or when someone does something dangerous on the road, 
pray for them because you don't know what they're in a hurry for. Like hope that they are in a hurry because their wife is having a baby. And so for me, I was reminded of that like when I was stopped behind a car that was slowing down to turn and I saw all of these other people passing me and I was like, oh, I want to be them. And then I was like, well, why? Like, I'm not going to get to the red light any faster than they're going to get to the red light. Mm. I just get to drive a little bit longer before I get to the same red light that they're going to get to. And so I think in those moments, I felt the same patience that God has with me. And I think that's where I saw him the most. That's really cool. I like what you said about getting to drive a little bit longer, because that feels like maybe that's part of the benefit of the practice of slowing is like you actually get to experience more of life. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about this question just now. I'm trying to care for the earth and I was like, oh, that's what God does. So there's a connection there. But then I thought about, okay, God made the earth and man, it's crazy. The earth is incredible. There's sea turtles that are swimming somewhere right now. And how, like, how is a sea turtle even a thing? Like the size of this table that we're all sitting around, how is that even a thing? And then I thought about the fact that God said to humans, okay, now take care of all of it. And this exercise caused me to read a little bit about plastic. Like one of the things mm-hmm. I read is that we produce 300 million, I don't know what the number is, it's crazy, of single-use plastics every year. And it, if you weighed it, it would weigh the same as the human population in one year. And so much of this ends up in the ocean and, and literally inside of sea turtles. And so then there's God who made it and said, here, I trust you to care for it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking, he's nuts. <laughs> like, to trust me, when I, I would rather opt to eat the, the piece of candy than just not have it or find mm-hmm. another way. I'm not going to decide to never use plastic, but it, man, I'm thinking about how can I better carry this weight that God's sharing with yeah. me. That's cool that you're able to observe the cost. Like, even in a piece of candy, something that we were thinking about an entirely different thing when I'm looking at a Snickers bar. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, a friend asked me, what are you fasting for? What's the purpose? And I told him, I actually was going to go at this with no purpose because normally it would be like for a specific thing. And I chose not to do that. And so the first two days, honestly, like I was like, I don't know what just happened. I was just hungry all day. And that was the end of it. And I was like, all right, God, like I'm trusting you're going to do something with this. And so the third day I was like, all right, God. I'm not going to bring my agenda, but what do you want to do with this? I just got the sense that he was like, I just want to connect with you. I mean, it was that simple. And so throughout the day, the hunger is a great like thing to bring you back to why mm-hmm. you're doing it. It's very visceral and it reminds you, oh, I'm doing something different today. And so in those moments, I would just go, okay, I'm hungry. All right, God, just want to connect with you. And I think by the end of it, there was just this sense of God's presence and a connection mm. to him that was special. I remember I had some like downtime and I was just sitting there and I would normally go for like a YouTube or a distraction. And I was like, oh, I just kind of want to sit here with God. And that was just a sweet time. And I was like, mm. oh, this is okay. Like God's filling this space. It wasn't loud. It wasn't big, but I was grateful for it. And so I think that for me, just got to experience that God fills the space that we give him. Mm. He'll step mm-hmm. into it. And that was really cool. In what ways did this practice impact other aspects of your life? I have a really simple one. Like I was at coffee with friends on a Friday morning and I got my fancy coffee and then I sat down and drank it. I realized I wanted water with it. And so I got up to go get water and then I saw that they have a nice little water device and water station and cups and it's plastic cups. And I was like, I am not putting another plastic cup (laughs) in my journal (laughs) because there's quite a few in there. I now have to walk up to the barista. They know 
that I can see the water station. <laughs> and so I did. I asked them for a glass of water, and they were super nice and gave it to me and didn't ask any questions. So I think there's a lot of this stuff that's like mental headspace. Mm. And so that was one impact on me. I just want to say yesterday, in my office, we have a box of candy sitting by the door, and Jason came <laughs> into the office, rustled through the box of candy, and then held up a box of milk duds in victory <laughs> because... It's in a box. It's not plastic. <laughs> well, I had a really good conversation with one of my friends about it. That was, it was interesting because she's finishing her last semester of college. And so she's part of a college ministry. And I guess in this ministry, they've been talking a lot about slowing down. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Let me tell you about what I'm doing for work right now. And I told her about the challenge. And so she gave me some cool ways to think about slowing as well, seeing it less as a frustrating thing that I'm trying to force myself to do and instead seeing it as a gift and a time and a space to sit and be with God. Mm-hmm. Mm. My, so like mine that. is actually kind of similar to that. I, because I wasn't eating, there were two holes in my calendar, <laughs> breakfast and lunch. And because I knew going to the gym was probably not going to be a smart idea, that messed up my entire morning routine, which actually was really cool because it was like, okay, now I have a lot more open-ended time mm. to just fill it with things. Sometimes I filled it with mindless things. And sometimes I was like, okay, I can spend some more time with God or I can, I don't have to worry about that next thing. And I actually really like that. It was nice to have that time and go, I have some space now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed is that most of the time I was using single-use plastic, there was some kind of maybe not super healthy or high calorie or like really highly prepared food that I was about to eat. And so then I've started bringing my lunch more and that keeps me from using the containers and all that stuff. And so I'm probably also eating healthier, even though that wasn't Mm. what I set out to do. So if you tried this practice again, would you change anything the next time you tried it? Something that my friend has been doing when she gets home at the end of the day, usually she would get on like Instagram or social media and scroll for like five to 10 minutes Mm -hmm. before she would get out of the car and go inside. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do that too. And she's like, but now I'm setting a timer for myself for five minutes. I put it in my cup holder and I just sit there and I might think about my day. I might not. I might talk to God. I might just sit there. And she said that it's been a really powerful thing for her to slow down and recharge before she goes inside. And I think that's something that I would want to try in the future. I think for me, do what I did on the third day, which is like, all right, God, show me what you want to show me. I think I had that curiosity going in the first few days, but be real intentional about that and just bring that curiosity of, all right, God's going to do something today and just have the eye to see that. I would like the idea of going like the full 24 hours. I don't know why, just for the sake of trying something different. I think I'd shake it up and try just different modes or different time frames. I think I've learned a fair amount now about like how I engage with this specific thing, Mm -hmm. you know, single use plastic. So I might then make it more like a fast Or even, okay, how can I actually implement something into my life that's now regular and normal where I'm using less of this or I'm paying attention to something else about the earth? What advice would you give someone who's curious about trying a new spiritual practice for themselves? So the biggest thing that I learned is, I guess it's two things. Look for something that is part of your life every day. You know, that can be part of your life every day because I think that's the stuff God wants. He wants the everyday stuff that makes up your life, that adds up over time. And then the the second thing I would say is expect your everyday life to get in the way of it (laughs) because it will. I thought this is going to be easy 
And then, as I mentioned, my kids went trick-or-treating. <laughs> and I literally would have had such a more impressive journal <laughs> if that had not had happened. <laughs> I, I think for me is don't come away with a conclusion after the first try. Try it several times or maybe even try getting input from someone else and coming at it from a different angle. I think that you'd be doing yourself a disservice to like make a real concrete evaluation after one experience. Cause yeah, like I think in all of our stories, life came at us in ways that we did not expect and it's not going to go the way you plan. It's just not. I think for me, the first thing I thought about was that for my personality type and just the way that my brain works, I wanted to do slowing really well. Like I cared more about doing it right than using it as time to connect with God. And so my advice would be to be less concerned with how well you do the practice and more concerned about what you're learning about God and how your relationship with Him is growing through Mm -hmm. the practice. And then I also am just really encouraged by talking to Eric and Jason and Lara and being able to process how this experience went. Because at the very beginning, I think, I don't, I don't remember what word I said for like my initial reactions, but I think agitated probably could have been a good word on that list of just being frustrated and just not having the best perspective on the experience with the practice. But now after hearing your guys' experiences with your practices and being able to reflect on mine a little bit more, it's really made me be like, oh, like that was a good experience. I would do that again. And I think there's just so much value in talking about those experiences Mm -hmm. with others. Yeah. I'm Laura, and this is your Church History Minute. A few hundred years after Jesus' death and resurrection, monastic communities started forming in the Middle East and North Africa, filled with people who desired to leave the stresses and temptations of daily life behind and focus solely on connecting with God. As these communities grew in popularity, rules for living a monastic life were drafted by several prominent monks. The Rule of St. Benedict, created by Benedict of Nursia in AD 516, is one of the most well-known sets of rules from this period and has continued to influence Christians for hundreds of years. A rule of life is one modern-day offshoot of the rules created by St. Benedict and other monks. These rules are individualized. A person dedicates himself or herself to a set of regular spiritual practices for the purpose of growing closer to God. Disciplines like prayer and Bible reading are often practiced daily, while others, such as silence and solitude or fasting, are practiced weekly or monthly. These rules are set for a season and then may change in order to help the person continue to connect to God even as their life changes. St. Benedict had no idea how many people his rules would one day impact, but 1,500 years later, God is still using their influence to bring people closer to him. And that's your Church History Minute. Okay, Abigail, so you were part of this challenge with me. Tell me some of the things that you're thinking about as you reflect on it. Okay, so I— oh, wait, say it really slowly. Okay. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so one of the things that I read when I was learning a little bit more about what my practice of slowing meant, there was this quote or explanation, I don't know what you want to call it, but it was essentially saying that it is better to be unavailable than inattentive. Hmm. And that was really something that stuck with me throughout the entire time that I was intentionally trying to slow down and practice my practice. 
But as I was, as I've been reflecting on that idea, like how it's better to be unavailable than inattentive, I realized that it doesn't just apply to slowing, but it really applies to a lot of the practices. Like I was thinking about reading the Bible and it is much better for me to be unavailable to the people around me so that I can be fully attentive to God as I'm in scripture or praying or doing some of those other practices and to be able to bring a better version of myself after I've had that time where I was unavailable. When you said that statement about being unavailable and inattentive, it made me think like it's true because they're kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm inattentive, then I am unavailable. And so it's about being aware of that, first of all. And then I think the other thing I hear you saying is that we can choose what we're going to be unavailable to, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like if I want to be present and available to people in front of me, then I need to be unavailable to the people on my phone. Yeah. Or if I want to be present and available to God in prayer, then there's some things I need to choose to be unavailable to for a moment. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, and I think it's all about the intentionality that you have. I think intentionality is what makes unavailable different than inattentive. Okay. Because you can intentionally choose to be unavailable, but inattentive feels like more of a passive. I think it's just happening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So one of the things that stood out to me in the challenge was I chose this really small thing to do. Make a note in a journal whenever I use certain types of plastic. It sounds so small. And like, how is that even a spiritual practice? And I realized how the small thing ended up being connected to so many other bigger things. Um, Obviously, it's connected to this idea of caring for the world. That's a big thing. But it ended up being connected to like relationship. For instance, I would often use more plastic when I was trying to get a quick lunch by myself. And I would have never thought of that before. It also ended up being connected to like my own self-care and diet. Like I would often use more single-use plastic when, again, when I was trying to eat something fast or maybe less healthy. These are things I never would have noticed before. And so for me, the spiritual practice, yes, it was journaling about something specific, but one of the key pieces to it for me was this idea of noticing and paying attention. And I think that's something I'm going to hold on to. Yeah. So this week, talk about the big question with your friends, your family, your life group. What would it look like to try a new spiritual practice for myself? And we're encouraging you, ask God to point you toward one practice. Don't try to start them all. And then set aside some time this week to give it a try. And if you're not sure what spiritual practice to start, talk with God about it. Talk with friends about it. And also you can look in the conversation guide and we're going to include a link to a list of spiritual practices to help get you started. See you next week. Hey friends, it's Abigail. Did you know that we have a Bible plan for this season on YouVersion? You can find everything you need for it in the conversation guide, which is always in the show notes. Have a great week.